Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hi, loves. Welcome to episode 34. Is it my gut or my projection? I am here with the amazing Ashley Graber, again, back by popular demand. (laughs) Uh, No, but seriously, I had such amazing feedback. I think it was so great to not only bring Ashley on because of her amazingness and all the gold and healing that she has brought to my life. Um, But I just love hearing her perspective as a therapist in our last episode together. Check that out. It was a few episodes ago, I believe episode 31, something like that. Check it out. It's my conversation with my therapist, Ashley Graber. And Ashley is a mindfulness-based psychotherapist and meditation teacher and speaker. She focuses on children and has lots of areas of expertise. So I'm going to let Ash dive in and share a little bit more about that. And welcome. Thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me back, Claire. Yeah. So I I'm a mindfulness-based psychotherapist, and I do work with children as young as age four, and I also work with adults. And I am a mindfulness and meditation educator and speaker. Um, I also have a syndicated column on Thrive Global and Medium, talking about how to slow down to do more, because that's my whole drill, and I need to know it myself. So I'm interviewing experts. Slow down to do more. I think that that is so counterintuitive, still even for me, and Mm -hmm. so huge. And I know that I've come in to Ashley's office. So Ashley and I work together. For for those of you who aren't familiar, we worked together for over two and a half years when I first moved to LA six years ago. So we have not worked together for a while. And it's like such an honor to just be sitting on the other mm-hmm. side of the couch with her cross-legged recording a podcast with her because who knew the hot mess that I was back then would be collaborating and having conversations like this. So it just still continues to blow my mind. And I just feel so honored. And I cannot tell you guys how many times Ashley would be like, Claire, Claire, I need you to slow down. <laughs> like almost every session. Um, okay, let's, let's, that's a lot. That's not fair, Ash. You don't have to tell them everything. Yes, it was every session. Okay, it's out, you guys. And I hated when you would say that. I'm like, we only have 50 minutes and I have a lot to share. And there is no time for breathing. There is no time for finding my feet on the ground. We have business to take care of. So I know we're going to get into whether your gut instinct is telling you to run because uh, the guy is or the girl, you're smelling bad news, or are you just projecting your past pain onto this new innocent human being? But I actually think this is so huge. And that's what I do. I go on tangents and Mm -hmm. um, side conversations. So can you just talk a little bit more about the importance of slowing down to do more? Sure, sure, sure. So I mean, Mm. you said something really important, you know, which was that you didn't want to. But what you did was that you naturally slowed down over time. That as you you made me. I didn't have a choice. (laughs) 
Uh, yes. <laughs> but that what happened and and I do think it's important to mention because what happened was is that as you were able to settle in more, as you were able to feel comfortable and safe and, you know, for anyone who listened to the other episode or, or knows either of us, um, I think the story is really funny that you called in. So the way that it worked when Claire and I met at the agency was that she, you would call in and somebody would sort of do an intake and then you would give the person to whoever sort of was up next for being a therapist, you know, or if there was something special, special and we needed a specialist, then we would refer to that person. And you said, I want to work with you, you yes. know? And so it was like, there was a way in which you felt that trust, mm-hmm. but we don't trust Fully, immediately. So, well, especially because the people who are listening and because of my own story, trust was my biggest issue, right? right. Because I came to you just a hot mess and heartbroken. And and I do want to just also hit on the point that it really was just an intake, you guys, on the phone. <laughs> I didn't, she wasn't like, let me help you. She was literally like, how many siblings do you have? Are your parents still together? Do you drink? Are they alive? And I was like, you are you available? I just, her warmth and her tone and her, I could just tell that she cared. And I had been through several therapists back in New York. I had just moved to LA and I had tried multiple therapists who were very cold, very clinical Mm. and your warmth and your kindness and your care. Like I felt that Mm. through the phone. Mm. And I think that this is a great segue into our topic for today because I know that my instinct, I think I always call it like the the Irish woman's sixth sense, mm-hmm. strong intuition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really had a terrible gut feeling before, like a few years before I met my rock bottom mm-hmm. ex. And as soon as I met him, I saw him and I was like, that guy is fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, years pass and he was always just making himself very present and swooped right in. And I was super vulnerable and I still had questions because I saw the way he treated his last girlfriend. And I just always kind of had a feeling, but I was in a vulnerable place and I still take responsibility for diving right in. But the truth is like, I've always had the intuition. It's just, have I decided to follow it or not? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it was very easy for me, despite feeling so broken and fucked up by the time I got on the phone with you, just for that simple mm-hmm. intake of very basic questions. Mm-hmm. It was also at the same time, very easy. Like, and even, and I said this in the last episode, even in all of the resistance that I had about our work mm-hmm. together, where it was like, I don't want to put my hand on my heart. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking tell you what color my anger is in my stomach. <laughs> like, she hates that question. I y'all. hate that question. <laughs> uh, you know what? You bring up something so important to just sort of loop this stuff together that, you know, we don't have to trust someone immediately. Right? Mm. People have to earn our trust. So good. So yeah. your slowing down also meant that you needed to feel like I could hold you in a place that didn't feel comfortable for you. Because if we're metaphorically talking about this, fast was your pace, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's mine. I get it. But it, in order for you to have a new habit, there had to be a safe space for you to do that in. And, you know, when we're talking about relationships or projection or seeing people, we also have to slow down to see if we're actually seeing the reality of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So slowing down is important for everything in our life. And we actually to accomplish more, it just sounds counterintuitive. 100%. And I actually, in two of my sessions, even though pr- my work is predominantly about the mind and the thought work and the story, 
I had to tell two clients, I'm like, stop it, stop it, slow down. <laughs> yeah. And I said, so just, you know, find your feet, you know, find your seat, find your feet. And she's like, well, I can't because I'm standing. And I'm like, we all know the rules here. We don't stand <laughs> during coaching, even if these are phone sessions. And she w- and I said, you know, tell me about your resistance to just slowing down. She and she had the same reaction I did to you so many times. Like, there's no time. There's I don't yeah. I, do- I don't have time. Right. And then it was like, but just stay with it. Just trust me on this. Like, we're gonna get to it. And and she was like, I think my blood pressure just lowered. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even that idea that she doesn't have time is a projection onto the reality mm-hmm. of what is actually happening around us. That we get into this swirl of thinking we have to do what's around us and keep up with that pace. But we don't actually have to do that if we slow down enough to see that it's not reality. A hundred percent. And um, this is a big thing that I learned from my business coach, Stacey Bayman. Not having time is a thought. Yes, exactly. You know, exactly. It's 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 a construct too. It is a construct that we have come up with in order to overwork and overproduce. And exhaust ourselves and make ourselves miserable. And when we're working in that kind of pace, we're actually going to project a lot more Mm -hmm. because we don't allow our own system to re-regulate enough to see what the reality is in front of us. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we really want to be in relationship with other people, we have to actually be there. But when we're rushing, 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 or thinking we don't have time, projecting that onto our life, then it's not helpful to us. And it takes us out of everything that you have worked so hard for me to get to, which is presence. Presence, If we think we don't have time, we're never actually enjoying the time that is right now. Right. And to take that one step further, it's presence, but it's also, you can't hear your intuition if you aren't present. Exactly. So outside yourself. It's so outside yourself. Mm -hmm. And we're walking around, and I'm sorry to say this, everybody, but all of us are walking around and it's in a dissociative state for part of our days because we're so overstimulated, right? That our systems are just like, I can't handle this anymore and shut down. And so unless we're working really hard on staying present, we just don't know what's going on around us. Mm -hmm. You know, we teach this, I teach this very early to young kids. Yeah. And I I was just in a class yesterday, yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. I was just in a class yesterday with a glitter jar. You remember the glitter jar, right? The glitter jar for those of you listening is a representation of what happens inside of us when we get too um, emotionally stirred up. So we get clouded, right? If you shake up a jar of glitter and the glitter shakes or a snow globe, if you think about it that way, whatever's in the middle gets clouded. So our perception gets clouded, right? And when our perception gets clouded, guess what? We're reactive. We are not responsive to life. We, we cease to see what's happening it's in front so of foggy. us. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. And little kids. I mean, these are third and fourth <clears throat> graders and they understand this concept from a very young age. God bless. They're going to understand. Bless. I don't even remember hearing the words perception or projection or breathe or slow. Like those just weren't stillness. in my vernacular. Yes. Stillness. Allowance calm. of sad feelings. Yes. <laughs> like, you can breathe and feel better. You have a tool inside of you. No, my, you know, I was, love my mom and dad, but they were telling me to you know, stop pull it crying. up, stop crying, pull yeah. myself up yeah. on my bootstraps. You're grand, go to school. Yeah. Like, I'm sick. They're like, you're grand. <laughs> I love my parents too. Yes. But seriously, <laughs> I'm not grand, you guys. <laughs> okay. So I really wanted to bring you on today because I think that this is something that I even continue to struggle with mm-hmm. in my dating life, mm-hmm. even though I definitely consider myself an expert on helping everybody move through heartbreak. I've been very vocal about how, especially in the last year, I've really focused on growing my business. And now that I've gotten my business to a place where I'm just 
not coasting by any means, but I'm not hustling. You feel good about it. Yeah. I feel really good about it. I'm, Let's I, you just know. say congratulations Thank to that. But I really did for, you know, a year just kind of, and I dated here and there or whatever. But now I'm like, ooh, well, if I really believe my thoughts create my results, and I do, and that's, if you guys have been listening to the podcast or you've worked with me, you know that it's all about your thinking that drives a feeling that yields an action that yields a result, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, for better or worse. For better or worse, right? <laughs> when we're think, talking about projection for yeah, better or worse. If you think dating sucks, if you think all guys are full of shit, if you think LA is the worst city to date in, then the result will be that you have an unsatisfactory life in your dating world. It's it's I totally believe that. And I even had a client this week. Which saying, is projection. That's all projection exactly. that you're talking about is taking these old beliefs and plopping them onto the reality of today. Yeah. Based and on your that, past experience. On, yeah, yes. that's the best. Exactly. exactly. Taking all the bad times, that bad dates or flaky people or whatever it is mm-hmm. and saying it's never going to work in the and future. And it happened to my friends, too. Yeah. It's all happening to my friends. Mm-hmm. So I really then, now that I've hit my full client roster, that I just decided, okay, if my mind can create 20 clients, mm-hmm. my mind can definitely create one man. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Okay, can you just say that one more time? If my mind can create 20 clients, my mind can definitely create one man. I'm going to meme that. Can I meme that? Yes! <laughs> I'm going to totally meme I that. I love it. I love it. And so... I really decided, like, because my coaches have been working so hard with me on my belief plan of becoming the coach with 20 clients. Mm-hmm. So I've been becoming the woman with mm-hmm. the ideal partner Great. and thinking about who he is and how I show up with him and what our life looks like and all of the things. And let me just say, I've had some exciting movement and I'm going to leave it at that because, you know, that's all you need we're, to say. we're just um, I'm just scratching the surface on my dating life here again. But. I there's there's significant change and there's significant a significant difference in the men that I'm attracting mm. than because I've been very one pointed and intentional. Wait, say more about why you're attracting different men. Because I'm thinking about the possibility of the greatness versus uh, well, here's another mountain to climb and is he going to be this or is he going to be that? When I'm carving out the time in my belief plan in the morning and really being intentional and visualizing and I have a list of the qualities that I'm looking for in a partner and no, it's not, does he make money? Is he super hot? It's like, what are the qualities in his personality that really gel well with mine? Like I think about the qualities in us and the connection. I don't have a physical type and all of that. So I just think about our connection and the way I feel in that connection, which mm-hmm. is secure, worthy, mm-hmm. desirable, light, calm, at ease. And then I think about like, how do I show up with my clients knowing that I have my person? Yeah. It's like, how do I show up in every area of my life? And that's what I did with my business. How do I show up as a friend? Well, actually, if I'm a woman, if I'm a coach with 20 clients, I don't have time to chit chat on Tuesday at two with just anyone, which is what I used to do. Mm -hmm. I need to become the coach that I am with 20 Mm -hmm. clients and really like show up as that person. Mm -hmm. And how can I show up as that person instead of, 
oh my God. And I went another shitty date and it was such a waste of my time. And he was such a loser. And he, he didn't look like what his pictures were. And he was super rude and he was super condescending. And he talked about himself the whole time and like projecting my past. Because if I keep focusing on the past dudes that I've attracted, Mm -hmm. I will never exactly right. If I project my Mm -hmm. past onto my present and what I'm looking to create, Mm -hmm. I'll never create it. Well, you bring up a really interesting thing. So projection has a positive side because Mm -hmm. projection, if we didn't have projection, we would wake up every day. It would be like, what was that um, movie, like 100 First Dates or something? Oh, my God. Do you know what I'm talking about with Barry, with, uh, what's her name? Um, Zoe Deschanel, wasn't it? Maybe. It doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway, 100 First Dates. Think about that movie or think about being a baby that is born every day. Right. And um, Drew Barrymore. Oh, That's who it was. Okay. Yeah. So and Adam Sandler. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm blending too. She, she did. Zoe did like hundred days of summer, some okay. movie with a hundred something. Yeah. Anyway, the whole point is that in that movie that, the, you know, the same thing happened over and over again. And if we didn't have the ability to project things, we would actually wake up like a baby who doesn't know anything. Somebody would set a chair in front of us and we wouldn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But because of projection, we know when we see a chair what that is. So that's the positive side of this. But the what you're talking about and what you just described was projection or not projecting anymore because you made what was unconscious conscious and now you're not projecting onto this guy anymore if you're actually showing up and in the things that you know that you want and being able to be with what's actually happening in front of you. I love that. And I wasn't even aware of that. So thanks, Doc. Not <laughs> I'm not a doctor. doctor but still, let's just say it because it sounds cool. I like it. <laughs> thanks, Doc. Like, I'll try that hat on. Thank you. Um, My ego likes it. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> but furthermore, to add to that, I think a key component, and I'm going to be talking about this a lot more in my work as I'm creating my own ideal love life. But um, something that my coach Stacy offered me, who's my business coach, but she really thought worked her way to her fiance. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I really did. She's like, women are so focused on who the man is going to be or who the woman is. And they think about like who he or she needs to be for you to feel good. But yes, we think about who we want to attract. But the most key important part is Who's the woman that you need to become mm-hmm. to attract him? Mm-hmm. So like the men that I'm attracting now, I'm just like a year ago, I would not have attracted them. I was still like hustling in my business, felt a lot of lack in my life. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fear around money. Like I've really transformed my money story in the last year. I was working a personal assistant job. I was still living with a roommate and not that those things define my worth, but I was still very much in transition of wanting to really step into a different set of shoes of just like feeling super independent and thriving. And again, I really want people to hear this. You do not need to have all your ducks lined in a row for someone to come along and think that you are worthy. I just know that for myself, I had a standard for myself that I really wanted, regardless of if a person was going to come in Mm -hmm. or not. And because of what I created with my business and Brooke Castillo talks about this, you know, I talk about the thought model all the time on this podcast. And it's the thought main tool that I use with my clients. It's the main tool that my coaches use on me. She says, you know, when you focus on one area in your life, it's not that like, and I have shared this many times. There was one point in my life where I was pursuing acting, building my coaching business and wanting to find love. Mm -hmm. And it's just too many things Mm -hmm. for our energy to get super scattered. And so I would have a little bit of movement in one or two of the areas and little, you know, nothing happening in the third area. 
And she, Brooke said to me, like, go all in on one thing. What is it? And I knew immediately it was my business. And she said, it's not because you're incapable of juggling the three. It's just that when you decide to go all in in one area of your life, not only are you going to more likely hit your goal and make it happen because all of the energy and focus, but the woman that you have to become Mm. in order to create is Mm -hmm. the most exciting part. And then the other things come effortlessly. Well, and you bring, it's like, I love, I don't even know Brooke and I love Brooke. Um, (laughs) She says such good things. You know, you bring up such an interesting piece too, because when we're split into too many different places, we're not able to slow down, right? So we're trying to pull energy into too many different places. And we live in such an enormous amount of stress today. And it's like, I I don't even know if I mentioned this last time, but it's like, the myth of the boiling frog, right? If you put the myth of the boiling frog, frog. (laughs) the myth of the boiling frog is that if you put a frog into tepid water and you turn up the heat gradually, that the frog will just acclimate to each temperature. Interesting. Yeah. We acclimate to stress. We acclimate in relationships. We do this in all kinds of different ways where we just kind of get in it and then we go, oh, well, this is okay, or that's okay, but it may not even be the reality of what we want. And so if we're split into all these different places, we don't even have enough time to slow down and find out from the inside. I mean, we're talking about this here. What's projection? What's our gut? If you're not slowing down enough and you're split into all these different places, your gut doesn't have time to talk. And additionally, the other thing is we struggle in different areas of our life in different ways, right? Nobody knows this better than you. You probably have these successful women who have these bomb jobs, right? Who are doing amazing work in the world and then they don't have an intimate relationship, right? Or maybe their family life is troubled or whatever it is. We don't sort of struggle equally in different places. Yes. And so when we're split into all these different places, we can't concentrate on what's actually coming up because what happens in intimate relationships may not happen in your business. But if you're trying to do too much stuff, we can't even make reality out of what's happening. And you can't get clear on the result that you want to create. Exactly. Right? So Brooke Castillo's model, you have a circumstance which is neutral, you know, dating life. And the thought is, this is a struggle for Mm -hmm. me, right? And then you feel discouraged, frustrated. And then your action is, even if your people will say to me, but I'm swiping, I'm going on four dates a week. But if your mind is thinking this is a struggle, the result will be a struggle, right? And then you have your job that you're dealing with. And then maybe your job is going really, really well. Mm -hmm. And like for me, 20 clients and moving through that and working on my podcast and writing the articles and just in it and enjoying it, but it's still a lot. And then it's like, if I'm not managing my mind and getting slow and slowing down, which is what I did, I slowed down and I got really clear, like it's time to date. Mm -hmm. And your automatic thoughts are, this is fucking brutal. (laughs) Right? I don't want to, I don't want to get hurt. Even though I am the queen, you guys, I'm aware, I'm a, the queen, I'm, I'm drinking Brene Brown's Kool-Aid about be vulnerable. And the more vulnerable you are and the bigger the risks you take, the bigger the reward, but also the bigger the chance of getting your heart broken again. So that is visceral and real for me, for sure, because of my past. And it's something that I'm still continuing to work through. But the difference is I'm not running this Mm -hmm. time. At least I haven't yet. (laughs) Um, That's really what I want to talk about because I know I have clients who struggle with this and I continue to that I am really good alone. 
Mm -hmm. I'm really comfortable. I like love my own company. Mm -hmm. I love Netflixing at night at the end of my day in my one of two amazing faux fur blankets from Pottery Barn. Shout out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're staring at one of us. I actually have that exact same one. I literally call it my boyfriend. Yes. And I just like, I mean, a few like chips and hummus and watching some Bill Maher. I'm just like, (laughs) I mean, I'm so happy, but I also am not because I get so clear because I do my thought work every morning because I know I want partnership because I know I want to be in love. Mm-hmm. I I know that my mind is lying to myself because I've carved that time out. Mm-hmm. And I also know that whatever story we whatever we believe comes from an old story. And I feel like it is possible to be totally healed from fucked up relationships and be happy and independent and also fear opening your heart up again. And I think that that's where I am at while still moving through it and enjoying the newness of the kind of people I'm attracting, which is really, really exciting. But then it becomes that much more real when someone's like emotionally available Mm -hmm. and into you and consistent and shows up and is kind and is really fun. And the chemistry is great. And it's like, (gasps) (gasps) but see, it's interesting. I would say that this idea that we're really good alone, because I get that, right? I mean, there was a man that I knew named Pete and he used to say, I have problems at home and I'm the only one who lives there. Oh, Pete, I feel you. (laughs) He was a really smart dude. But that the idea that we're better on our own is actually a projection. Totally. Right. That, that. Called it. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I bring her back? Call me out of my shit. I said to her, I'm like, don't worry. I won't talk as much and we'll make it shorter. She was like, don't lie. <laughs> I was like, that's like, not going to happen. Shit. I still can't get away with this shit with <laughs> Yeah. But that, you know, I mean, you just bring up such a good example because this idea that like we're better on our own, right, is, is a projection of that that life is actually what we want and the dating is too hard it's not I mean and yes there's you know I know this about you you're an extroverted introvert right as am I and for those of you who are wondering what that means you know introvert and extroverted I think about is how you regain your energy introverts regain their energy by being alone Mm -hmm. extroverts by being in groups of people. So when we come up with this idea that we're home, being home alone is a better, you know, way of being for us, mm-hmm. that projection or the projection onto um, that dating is the problem, when the truth is, is that you were able to sit long enough to see what is the truth for me. And this is part of how do we know when it's projection or gut instinct is that when you can slow down enough to say no but the reality is is that I really do want to be in a relationship what we don't want is the pain that comes along with being in relationship 100% nailed that on the head but that still like even in my current dating situation like how I think like for me, I know that it's my stuff. So I'm not projecting that onto other Mm -hmm. people. I'm very clear on that. And the triggers come up and I work through that alone. I work through that with my friends. I've worked that through with my coaches, but to someone who like really can't tell the difference, is it him or is it me? Mm. How would you walk them through that? Yeah. So 
the question being like, how do we sort of know if it's our gut or how yeah. do we know? Like, if I know it's my shit because right. I think I'm far along enough. Because you've in this done work. enough work. Yeah. yeah. And look, the truth is, Claire, you don't know sometimes, nor do I. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if it's unconscious, it's unconscious. So the most important thing is to make unconscious conscious what's unconscious right and we just can't do that alone you know could you do it with your friends yes if you have those friends who are doing the work doing the work doing serious work you guys not just like telling you what to do from their own personal experience exactly people who are doing the work around not projecting exactly and you know you can be a hundred percent you can be a hundred percent honest with them Really, and, you know, I don't say this just because I'm a therapist and you're a coach, but the fact is, is that we do need other people because, you know, it's partly our shadow, too. And our shadow is the parts of us that we can't see, right? It's just like a shadow. It's behind us. And so we have to make those things real in order to be able to know if it's reality or if it is our projection. Again, it comes down to slowing down. So talking about it, you know, you were able to, in our time working together, although there were um, moments in the beginning where you would say, no, it's just not that. You and every other therapy client, including myself, (laughs) and I'm sure all of you listening, whether you say it or you look at the person, but you think like, no, that is not it. And so we need somebody to help us sort of be able to paint the picture to see, well, what is the reality that I'm spinning? And you also have to know for yourself, where am I coming from? Okay, this is one of the most important pieces. And this is based on how we were parented or lack thereof, Mm -hmm. right? So how we were parented, where we grew up, what religion, what city? I mean, there are so many factors to what molds our reality. And I have this theory. It's kind of crazy, but it's you. So I'm going to go with it. Yes. Okay. So I have this theory. If you guys have ever seen those dancers that dance with pieces of silk yes. on, a, on a stick. Love okay. It. So imagine that piece of silk, but it's coming off the back of our shoulders. So I have a theory that we all have a metaphorical piece of silk coming off of our shoulders. Mm-hmm. But if you can imagine, and I like visual things. So if you can imagine that you and I are sitting staring at one another, we can't see what's behind us. But everything that's on that silk is what's been my reality, Mm. right? So I see the world through all of that. And that's how I see you, right? Same for you. All of that is also based on epigenetics, which means that we get things through genetics, through our mothers, right? Through our bodies. That is based on Um, intergenerational things, you know, that's based on conditioning so many different factors that we may not even understand. And I I was telling Claire this earlier, um, because I thought this was such a good example. Little kids are often afraid of monsters under their bed. They're afraid of monsters on their bed, not under their bed, not necessarily because they ever saw a monster, who's ever seen a monster, or even saw a movie with a monster. But the monster becomes the projection of scary things. And that projection is based on ancestral wounding. And what we mean by that is that that goes all the way back to caveman times when people were living in the bush and everybody lived together. So children weren't scared that they could be plucked off by an animal. And it wasn't until Victorian times that we actually started sleeping separately. So we're not actually meant to. So kids feel scared. And when they feel scared, they go up into their mind and they project onto 
so crazy, right? right? It's so complex. But I love that whole amazing connection because I think then for all of my listeners who are really in it right now, it's a great opportunity to just say to yourself, I'm not crazy. Yes. Yes. And there's so much of this that isn't, you know, we're not meant to understand things on our own. We're not actually meant to do anything on our own. We're meant to be in communities, in villages, and we are living in this separated society where we're expected to be able to do this stuff on our own. And we actually don't do well on our own. So that also includes our mental health. So you're saying hummus and chips and watching Bill Maher is not... Well, um, you do things with people other way. No. Listen, I'm doing the same thing. I mean, we might as well be texting on the phone because I am doing the exact same thing. No. But the the being on our own all the time. I know, yes, you know that. Yes, being on our course, own all the time. So all of this to say, if... We're not even aware of our projections. How could we be aware of our intuition? So there's also an intuition training that needs to go on in order to be able to know this. And I put training in quotes because literally there was a time where I trained my intuition by just listening to everything it said. In To this extent, listeners, if I got out of my car and got to my front door and my head said, you didn't lock the door, I went back and checked. Mm-hmm. Most of the time that door was locked. Yes. But I went back anyway. Amazing. Because I wanted to build that muscle to be strong. Listening. Yes. And you have to get quiet because if you don't get quiet, you cannot hear what your intuition is saying. And we got to stop painting red flag screen. Mm, right? That was it. <laughs> Because it sounded like you said scream. This was a huge takeaway. And I totally forgot that you shared this with me. And I thought it was amazing. So just in case you guys didn't hear that, we've got to stop painting red flags green. Yes. It sounded like scream. Scream. Yes. So what that means is, is that when we get that hit in our intuition that says go, right, then and we go. Uh, I don't really want to go. And that's so cute. He's so cute. (laughs) Or I'm lonely. Oh, that's a big one. So that I feel like I'm going to give my, give myself a pat on the back. I choose loneliness over sketchiness any day Mm -hmm. of the week. I do not need a warm body in my bed. Mm -hmm. I can go a long time without sex or someone holding me or kissing me. If he's not the right person. And I, I, and because it's like, why would you choose that drug at, at versus your loneliness? Because I, the way I look at it, and I just said this to a client today, you have you with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So you might as well start to really enjoy your own company mm-hmm. because there's always going to be pockets. And also, Brooke Castillo says this, what's so bad about feeling lonely? Again, we're talking, I'm lonely. Oh, you're lonely? I'll come over and make you feel better. Now, mm-hmm. of course... Sometimes you're lonely and a friend wants to come over and make you feel better. That's a lovely thing. But I also, I really encourage my clients to lean into their loneliness. Right. Well, and that, I mean, that is part of also learning not to project is learning to be with your feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Because if we're not sitting with our feelings and being able to say like, I don't know how I'm feeling. You know, if I think about relationships, I don't think about just intimate relationships, but we don't give our time ourselves time to feel into what is what is right for us or what's wrong for for us. And we make decisions in our head. Projection comes all from our head, right? Intuition comes from our guts. These are two different things. And I would say our projection coming from our mind is is there to try to keep us safe. 
right? And if the messages in our head are there to keep us safe, we think, oh, that's helpful. But it's not. It's actually stopping us from doing things. So to make that real, what that means is, is that our head will say something to us like, Oh no, he's just another one of those guys. Here it is again. And then what do we do? We react, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to break this off. He didn't text me in seven hours. Yes. I know those seven hours can feel real long. Yes. But how can you take the best care of yourself and slow down versus spiral and go, yep, nope, not going to work. Exactly. And I say this from recent experience. Yeah. (laughs) Well, being able to pause, right? Being able to, and this is part of, you know, we have to make that, that whatever has happened to us conscious, right? And so if we're trying to work on not reacting, we have to know what makes us react, right? And so there are steps that we have to sort of go along, you know, you've got being able to slow down, pausing, pausing, using your intuition, you know, strengthening the muscle of that. I love that. Check the car. Check the door is locked. Yes. Whatever it is. Did whatever I leave the is, can? Did I not blow out the candles? Yes. I, Just I do always it. do that. Just yes. do it. Because yes. the more you do it, the more it starts to Build tell you. Yes. And meditation. So I, I don't know if I ever said this to you, Claire, but I used to get some of my most amazing messages in meditation. And one that always made me laugh, because this is not deep, people. So keep listening. <laughs> the one that always made me laugh was that I, I was managing, this was many, many moons ago, I was managing a um, toy store and interior design store for kids. And we were trying to figure out a way how to get the plush animals to sit up. I told you this wasn't deep, people. But when you're working in a toy store, that's what matters. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is not deep, but it's what matters. So one day in meditation, it popped into my head. Take a book stand and turn it sideways. Right. I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it it solved a a huge problem. And it was because I was thinking, 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 how am I going to do this? This didn't work. We tried this, right? That's the projection. Nothing's going to ever work. But when you're, because then I'm going to just put that into Brooke Castillo's thought model, right? The thought is this is never going to work. But when you sit and pause and you probably didn't sit down on your meditation to figure out how to make the fucking plush. No, (laughs) I wasn't even thinking about it. That's when it comes, right? And so, and I also think that's when Mr. Wright shows up when you're not really like, I kind of have been swiping with ease versus like, it's not him. Oh, he sucks. He's not tall enough. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, they kind of appear when you're like, I was like so detached to one particular person, like, because for, I'm again, just going to keep it as vague as possible Mm -hmm. at this stage. But like, just, I was like, oh yeah, no, that's not going to work. And then he totally circled back and was like, I would really like to meet you. And I'm just like, you know, that's more effort (laughs) in a long time. But I realized like, again, oh, it's so interesting because I've been sitting with myself and really getting clear. And another thing that I want to add to that is um, someone just recently said to me, because I was talking about gut instinct and all of this, something to the effect of that. And a follower on Instagram, which makes me sound like such a millennial, a follower on my page messaged me, (laughs) but she did. And she said, but what if your biggest fear comes true? Right? Like, what if? And I'm like, yeah. So listening doesn't mean listening to your gut or, you know, projecting. We're not telling you, oh, it's just your projection. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying no. here? <laughs> because it's going, like, I, I think a lot of people want to get savvy with, our, is it my gut instinct to run 
or is it my projection that's telling right. me to run? And I think most of us want to hear, I must just be projecting so that it justifies staying with the person that you really like. Right. Okay. So, and so, if, and so the question that she's like, but what if you're right? And then you feel negative emotion and you move through it and you leave. Like it's, it, we don't have the, if you just know it's your, you know, projection from the past that justifies you to stay, which is what I did for so long. Right. Well, and the other piece to add into that is, okay, so that happened. Does that mean it's the end of the story, right? Mm-hmm. That that is a, that if we look at quote unquote failure as a bad thing, then we don't learn anything mm-hmm. from it. But if we can look back, step back and go, okay, well, what had happened in this and was it real, right? Did I see this person for who they are? You and know? how did I show up? So another client just said to me like, uh, but you know, I'm, and she, talk about cosmic referral system. Ashley just shared that, you know, uh, we like we had attract our clients. Yeah. yeah. And we had similarities and we attract our clients who are going through what we have been mm-hmm. through and moved through, which is obviously what I do. And um, I just had a client say to me yesterday, I don't like people easily, but when I do, it's like, I'm all in. And that's exactly mm-hmm. who I am. And I'm like, I get it, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, and then I just give all of myself. And mm-hmm. I said, I totally get that. And I have the same desire when I'm in that situation but it hasn't worked for you to give all mm-hmm. of yourself. So I'm not saying it's bad that you, you know, are very selective about who you fall for and then you have a desire to give all of yourself. But if giving yourself right away immediately hasn't worked, that's a different way that you could show up next time. And she was like, but how? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's like if it's all you've ever known, but that is the work, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be uncomfortable to say it was so nice meeting you after two drinks and I'll meet you next week if you're available. Mm-hmm, right. Instead mm-hmm. of just like, Oh, which I've done the 10 hour day. Sure. 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 The 36 hour. Uh, yeah. 14 day day. And I'm not saying that that hasn't happened recently, but I'm really, really conscious after the fact, but I say that as someone who's 38 years old and has done a lot of dating and a lot of work around this, but I've also been really committed to, showing up and limiting my time and holding back and taking my time. And I think I'm a little bit more savvy in the difference between my gut and intuition at this stage in my life. But there was a time where it was like, even if I was having an amazing time with someone, thank you so much. I hope we do this again. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it made me think of a couple of things as you were, as you were saying that, that, you know, to sort of go back to how do we, like, how do we even know if it's projection? And then like, what if our worst fear comes true? You know, and for the gal that said that, you know, my question for you or for anybody in that situation or questions would be, let's back this up. Let's look at what happened over the course of this event, whatever it was, one date, 10 dates, whatever it was. Was there any time when you ever thought this wasn't the right person? Because the fact is, you know, and I don't want to speak for you, whomever that was, but the fact is, is that we know somewhere inside mm-hmm. of us at some point, even if we're saying to that still quiet voice, no, thank you. Right. Which is the equivalent of painting the red flag green mm-hmm. is like saying, I hear that, but it's not actually what I want to hear right now. Okay, so I'm going to challenge that because I have a client who is in an amazing partnership and he really does show up whenever they have problems and they'll have like an amazing clarifying conversation and they're on the same page and they are moving forward and all the good things. And then even after that, she's like, oh my God, no, it's not right. It's not right. Where like I, as the coach, I'm like, I can totally see it's her projection because she's so comfortable, right? But like, she st- it, it takes a lot of like trying to show her her mind that she is projecting because she still she'll be in it with him 
And then she'll go on the shame train for second guessing him. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, she'll be like, wait, but there's this other thing. Like her brain is so comfortable looking for all the mm-hmm. danger signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, I would be very like, how would you counsel my client? Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I would like, be very your interested. thoughts on that because I'm sharing the story about her, but I've done that and right. I'm doing that now on a smaller scale where I can catch myself, but to someone who's just like feels out of her mind, out of in such pot. And, and my biggest thing is be with your trigger and right. then revisit and like right. slow down and pause and like, just be with the physical sensations in your body and this trigger, because you've gone from this is fucked up. It's not right. We should break up. You have a great conversation with him. Then you shame train yourself for having this, the paranoid thoughts mm-hmm. and projecting onto him. And then you go back into the vicious cycle of wait, but maybe this isn't right. Maybe he's going to leave me now because I've been so difficult and we keep having these difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's just this like, yeah, see, I would want cycle. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, I would want to understand. Like, and I always find these conversations interesting, you know, with you coming from the perspective you have and the perspective I have, I have a shaman friend. Yes, and like, yes. well, she and I will talk. And, you know, so often we sort of end at the same place. But I find this interesting to sort of see how we would both look at this. I mean, I would be very interested in knowing her childhood mm-hmm. and what how adults showed up for her because that to me is how I see how somebody is going to be in relationship in their adulthood mm-hmm. and that maybe there is a gut instinct that she is trying to get to but I would say similar things to you which is to get out of the head and into the body and I do this all the time with people where they'll be like I don't know because they're seeing both sides of something right and you know then people think they're crazy they're like I see both sides of it and I'm crazy I'm like no that's actually healthy to feel number of feelings at the same time and see both sides of it but in order to get to what it is that's real for us, oftentimes we have to get quiet and get to our gut instinct, mm-hmm. you know, because that gets us out of the projection. The projection is our ego. It's our mind. It's the safe, the way that we're trying to make reality and keep us safe. Um, or we're taking our experiences and putting them on to somebody, which is just another form of doing that. But when we get into our body, it'll tell us a different message. Mm-hmm. Then we have to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Then we have to trust. So now this brings another layer of depth to it. Because if you've never just sat in the unknown, you've never sat in something that you couldn't make real or concrete, right? That becomes difficult too. So the reason that we make meaning out of things is because we put it in, our mind likes to put things in a pretty package, put a bow on it. I literally just said put a bow on it yeah. to my client yesterday. I'm like, you want to wrap it up, but like, great that you're feeling an acceptance right now, but right now and that's something that I've really learned from you too yeah yeah, yeah I mean because we can't are constantly changing and flowing and personalities change and exactly. flow and external circumstances are constantly coming at us that we have no control over exactly I mean there's so much of that stuff and then so we have to get comfortable with the unknown right and that isn't just the unknown of yes life is unknown but that's the unknown of I'm acting a different way in the world Right. Because what we want to do is we want to revert back to what we call in psychotherapy terms homeostasis. Right. We want it, even though homeostasis might be a crap place that is single, if that's not what we want, we can revert back to that. So we have to build the muscle just like we have to build the muscle of our intuition. We have to also build the muscle of being able to sit in this new reality. Right. And so if we're working Mm -hmm. on our gut instinct and we're like, oh, my gosh, my gut says no, but I don't have anything concrete to show me that. 
that can be hard to hold on to, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to practice it that. We have to practice it's self-soothing, it's self-compassion, it's taking care of ourselves, it's saying like, oh, this is so hard because I want something concrete, mm-hmm. but nothing, we don't really get much concrete. Yeah, so it's being comfortable in the unknown, slowing down, getting quiet. And like, I always say too, when people are like, but what if he leaves me? What if he cheats on me? All the things, you know, and I, I, I just touched on that earlier. Like it will fucking suck. suck. Yeah, it will suck. It'll be the worst. And I, I also have a client who's like, I'd rather just like date someone I'm not as emotionally invested in because then I won't get as hurt. And I'm like, how oh, boring is that? Yeah. It, it was a moment in time that she said that. Sure. And I know that that's not really her truth. Right. But like, I get that, too, because then the stakes aren't that high. And it's all the Brene Brown stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Like really being willing to dive deep. And like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just is is it worth it? I, I I said this recently and I'm probably going to botch my own quote. (gasps) Look at that. (laughs) Like falling in love again is so worth getting heartbroken again. Mm, It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. Well, you know, the other piece that I think is really important and, you know, you've sort of touched on this in different ways of people who are worried like, oh, somebody's going to cheat on me or they're going to break up with me or I'm going to have this future template of pain. Mm -hmm. And that we have to be careful about the self-fulfilling prophecy, mm. too. Oh, my God. That scares me so yes. much. Yes. Well, and here's the thing with projection. We can actually make somebody do exactly what we don't want them to do. You're currently freaking out my way. <laughs> right so, you know, so we're going to wrap it up. We actually do have to wrap it up. But wrap that up because, sure, sure, because sure, you're sure. leaving everyone freaked out. Yeah. No, I don't mean to leave everyone freaked out. This is the reason why we want to make our projections real. This is why we want to understand how we were brought up. What was our childhood? What's the conditioning that we live in? What are the beliefs? What are the thoughts? You know, all of that. We want to make as much real out of that because otherwise we might be sitting across from somebody saying, thinking, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. Right. And what we're dying is that because we of the thought of somebody not leaving and energetically we make them leave. Because all we're telling the universe is leave, 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 leave. leave. Yes. (laughs) So we want to be really careful because if we take the past and, you know, a a past relationship and we throw it onto this person and then they become the lever, right? They're going to leave. Right. And that's the, the, you know, I don't have scientific evidence for this. It's energetic. Yeah. So we just want to be clear. I want to really wrap up on just hitting home. You guys, the most important thing here is like loving the fuck out of yourself Mm -hmm. and revert back to that episode. What is self-love really about? I got a pretty big response to that episode because I think we all intellectually talk about the concept of self-love, but Mm -hmm. what does it actually mean to implement? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that that's been like really huge for me to remind myself of as I'm opening my heart up again to remember the catch that I think I am. Mm -hmm. And it took me years to actually call myself a catch because I didn't think I was worthy. I was always like, oh, hopefully he'll keep me. Even though he was treating me like absolute shit, multiple men. I was like, but just don't leave, mm-hmm. right? And and as a result, I was a nightmare to date. So I'm not just making it. I was, I was not the most ideal partner myself. But that now I'm so proud of the person that I am. And uh, in so many ways, the friend, the daughter, the coach, and just really clear about the partner that I am, even if he's not technically here as a partner yet, right? That it's really focusing on what I have to offer. So, you know, we all go to the place of what if he leaves? What if she leaves? What if they cheat? 
And it's like, that will fucking suck. And jokes on them. Like if you really believe like, and I don't mean this in a cocky way because I have, I'm trying to do a lot of work of the self-love with my clients right now. I'm not trying to, I'm doing it with them. And it's like, Ooh, but that's so cocky to say. And it's like, you, know, you have to know the value that you bring to a relationship and like really understand what you're contributing and really value yourself so that if the person was to leave, not like your loss coming from that mm-hmm. kind of defensive, protective place, but really from a place of just like, okay, but that, that does not negate my worth and that does not negate my value in a relationship mm-hmm. or my relationship to myself. And the right person is going to show up and love me for all of me, flaws included. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you bring up it just to, you know, sort of touch on the self-love piece, which we could spend the next hour talking about. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I I love that you actually touched on this. It's the last piece because this is going to be an important piece of people being able to see whether life is real or it's a projection is that we not only need to love the grown up version of us, but love the little version of us that didn't get what it needed. And if the little version of us isn't taken care of and loved and contained and supported, that little one is going to project madness all over what's happening. So the fact that Ashley said that I also meditate pretty regularly and I have to say, I don't go super deep in my meditations. It's really like I wash my mind, plan my Mm -hmm. day I breathe. I do have some moments of connection and stillness mm-hmm. and breath, but I wouldn't say I go to nirvana or even close because to nobody it. Nobody does. I have a few people no. that are like, oh, I went so deep in my meditation. And I really rarely do. Ash has her tongue hanging out <laughs> and her eyes roll to the back of her head. But I really rarely do. And I really rarely, when people are like, and I have this vision and I'm like, you did? Like, that's so cool. I don't. But I actually, this week, when I was going through a little bit of a panic moment, I was just meditating and I literally saw my little girl, a version of myself sitting. I almost like felt her in my arms sitting cross-legged and I was like holding the little girl version of myself and I just bawled like she is still there and it was really powerful and I saw so clearly that it's definitely projection yes. so um that was super cool and, and just remember uh, kids make terrible adults so mm-hmm. if we're in a kid state right which is called regression we go back to a younger state we all do it mm-hmm. right and kids make terrible adults so if you've got one grown-up in the relationship and then one kid in the relationship yeah you're not going to have a very healthy relationship. So that's part of, you know, learning to grow yourself back up, right? Which is getting grounded, getting back into your body, getting back into what's the reality now. Not based on a child who has no agency, no ability Mm -hmm. to take care of themselves and is dependent on everyone else. We're not that. We're Mm grownups. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So guys, number one thing, slow the fuck down. Oh my gosh, my... my (laughs) My mentor, Sam, says that to me all the time. Put it on a post-it note, y'all. Sam will be so happy. S-L-F-D. Slow (laughs) the fuck down. It's on post-it notes in a lot of places in my world. It's the most counterintuitive thing, and it is the most crucial thing. And when my clients are really panicked and freaking out and all the things, it's like what I say, you just have to be with the trigger and slow down. And they're like, ah, and I get it. And I'll say, I get it. By the way, sorry, apologies for the outside noise. Um, And living in Los Angeles, I came here for quiet, but it it just hasn't worked. And I love this saying, name it to tame it, feel it to heal it. 
Love. I've had, I've used name it, name it to tame it yeah. for years. And feel, feel it, it to heal it. it. You gotta feel it. You guys, negative emotion is not going to kill you. No. I have a friend and she's going to start AA and she's been sober for a while and she actually like doesn't want to, uh, she's like not tempted that she's going to drink again. She just wants to really go through the process. And she's like, I'm just feeling a ton of anxiety right now because I know it's going to bring up so mm-hmm. much pain to do the 12 steps. And I'm like, how fucking brave. Like mm-hmm. to me, you are a fucking warrior. I'm really dropping all the F-bombs today. Thank God my parents don't listen. But you really have to be like a warrior to want to move through that and just do the growth work and uncover the ahas and take responsibility. And like, there's only, I say this all the time, gold on the other side of that, you guys. If you are just in the comfort of kind of, and Martha Beck calls it living in the shallows, mm-hmm. you're just like walking in shallow water, mm-hmm. very safe, but like, it's not that fun or comfortable really. Mm-hmm. But to your whole point, when the shake and glitter mm-hmm. is just all over the place, it's just comfortable to just stay right there. But then to really like go through, Martha calls it the ring of fire to get to the other side. Well, and I think just do it with someone too, you know, I mean, I said this earlier, you know, we're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to do things alone. And, you know, whether it's a therapist or a coach or priest, I don't care. Yeah. Just someone who you trust. Yeah. And like, and also to add to that, and we've hit on this today and in the last episode, like I just innately trusted Ashley. I was definitely resistant to the work. My clients are resistant to some of my work. It's part of the process. Mm-hmm. If you weren't resistant to it, why would you sign up? It's a growth is uncomfortable. Moving through healing is uncomfortable. Yeah. Nobody ever wants to come to therapy. Yeah. Like you're working <laughs> through shit. And I think yeah. that's, that's the big misconception with life coaching. It just sounds like, oh, I'm going to hire a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And I've had those clients who just want me to yes them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not what this is about. Yeah. This didn't clear y'all. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to just close with this. I think it's a really good point. I have a um, a male client who I've seen for many years. And Smart feed. Well, he, maybe I told this last time. But I he, think it's good. Yeah. He um, kept coming late, like for a year. Did I tell this yes. last time? Okay. Share it's it a really good story. So he kept coming late for like a year. And I like, I literally watched it for a year because I was like, it's like, what's up with this? Like, is it really happening this consistently? And it was, it was like five to 10 minutes late. But with a Starbucks in hand, yeah. you know, and like from the person sitting in the therapist chair, it's like you had time for the Starbucks and you can't get to your therapy session yes. on time. What's happening? So I asked him and he said, I don't ever want to come here, but I always leave here feeling better, <laughs> you know, and it is the smart feet, right? It's knowing like this isn't going to necessarily be fun, but if I can just show up for myself, that I might actually get a little relief. It also reminds me of all the years in New York when I was auditioning and I like had to have my coffee before the audition and I would like hide it from the casting director. <laughs> so he had smart feet, but his brain was not smart to be like, oh, I brought this from home. Like put it in a to-go cup. Right. <laughs> so I don't get busted by my therapist who has to ask me a question. <laughs> I love you I so love you. much. I hope that this brought you guys more clarity and we will put Ashley's website in the show notes so you can get more information, especially if you live in the Los Angeles area and are curious about therapy. Can I make a point about that? Yeah. Cause, um, I, you know, some people, and if you're listening and you reached out to me, thank you so much. Some people, um, I had a person reach out to me from the last episode and I'm so honored, but I can only do therapy in California because of my license. So if you're listening and you're in a different state, you can reach out to me and I can point you in the direction of where to find a therapist locally, but I do meditation and mindfulness training and I can do that across state lines. So if you're interested, 
interested in that kind of work, which does help for emotional regulation. Amazing. Thank you for clarifying. And so much love to you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm just so grateful for the consistent support and love. And if there's any questions that you have that you would like me to address on the podcast, make sure that in your emails to me, you you say, I'd love for you to cover this on the podcast or make it clear if you're interested in working with me and all the information is at the end of this episode. Until next time. Bye. Woo. My voice just got <laughs> there. We're going to try that again. Bye. <laughs> my love. Are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.